This is spiritual master who teaches meditation on the inner light and sound that leads to an awakening of our spiritual consciousness, bringing us inner peace that ultimately contributes to outer peace. This program is sponsored by Science of Spirituality. <coughs> this program is sponsored by Science of Spirituality, a spiritual organization with over 3,000 centers worldwide dedicated to transforming lives through meditation. Each week we gather together to reflect on a theme from the spiritual teachings and to spend time with others who share this goal of leading a spiritually enriched life through meditation, self-introspection and service. Karma, reincarnation and the transmigration of the soul are subjects that are correlated and interwoven. In the West, the term karma is loosely used and understood to mean something we need to undergo as a result of our good and bad actions. In the East, on the other hand, and especially in the teachings of the science of spirituality, karma denotes an exact spiritual law. It states, like the third law of physics, that every action, good or bad, has an equal and opposite reaction. Through our thoughts, words and deeds, we are bound to this law and our soul transmigrates or inhabits different life forms from one existence to another. As Sant Rajinder Singhji says, the wheel of transmigration keeps our soul returning life after life to this physical realm. The theme for today's satsang is karma, reincarnation and transmigration. Here, Sant Rajinder Singhji explains what these terms mean and gives us a method to escape the cycle of birth and rebirth. In our first reading, Sant Rajinder Singhji explains what karma is and offers a blueprint of how to lead our lives so as to avoid creating new karmas. In this first reading, he refers to the Hindi term neha karma, meaning those actions that do not incur any karma or reactions. And Nancy will do this reading. Thank you, Radhika. Blanket of Karma by Sant Rajinder Singh Ji Maharaj. As we lead our lives, we seldom think about the consequences of our actions. We broadcast our thoughts, amplify our words, and dramatize our actions into the world around us and think they have no effect. We are shocked when something happens to us and never relate it back to what we admitted to the world. There is a law of karma at work in the universe that relentlessly records every thought, word, and deed. There is no escape from our actions, and each results in a reaction. Those who set out on the spiritual path want to accelerate their progress so their soul can reunite with God in the shortest possible time. A spiritual master is our friend and guide who can help us reach that goal. One of the tenets of the spiritual path is to speed up our progress by winding up our karmas, 
avoiding making new karmas and becoming ne karma or karmaless. What is karma? Can we reduce our karma? Can we make better choices to speed up our journey back to God? Karma is like opening a bank account. We have choices on how much money we want to put in to add to our balance or how much we want to withdraw. We can choose to put in different investments that result in interest to increase what we have available in our account. We can also choose to use a credit card in which we pay interest on what we spend. The choice is ours to make. Similarly, we have a karmic account. Each day we can choose whether we want to engage in thoughts, words, and deeds that are going to result in good that comes back to us. We can also engage in thoughts, words, and deeds for which we must pay. The consequences. Beyond creating good and bad karmic accounts, we can also choose to do things that create a balance of zero so that we do not have to return to this world to either reap the benefits or pay the consequences. Living mindfully of the karmic law means doing things that do not incur karma, good or bad. However, if we are still not living life in a ne karma or karmaless way, it is better to have good karma than bad karma. There are many examples of people who can directly see the rewards that came back to them from a deed of good karma. Many times we cannot read the correlation between what we have done and what we received in return. Sometimes the effects span several lifetimes. At other times, what happens to us is a result of something we set in motion years ago. Everything we do is recorded in the karmic accounts. There is a strict accounting of every thought, word, and deed. It is wise to make sure that we do not commit any actions, thoughts, or words that can rebound to us with consequence. Instead, we must have thoughts, words, and deeds that are good, so that good can come back to us. However, if we are on a spiritual path, we do not want to return to this world to reap the rewards of what we do. There is a better plan. We can do good, but do so without having to come back to reap the rewards. The solution is to do good in the name of God, without wanting any reward for ourselves. This means we are doing good in the world, but the credit is being passed on to God. We do not want material gains for what we do. We only want to accumulate spiritual benefits and the love and pleasure of God. These are termed acts that are nay karma or karma free. How can this be done? We can have good thoughts, words, and deeds in life, but we pass on the credit to God. We do good things because it is the right thing to do, not to make a name for ourselves or earn money. We say good things to others because it is a kind and loving thing to do, just out of the goodness of our heart, without expecting anything in return. We think good things about others as an expression of the spiritual love we are developing, in which we recognize all people as members of the same family of God. We still do good, but our deeds are selfless without us wanting any material rewards. We do get benefits, but they are of the spirit. These benefits come in the form of spiritual progress in our meditations, the love of God, earning the pleasure of God, and the burning of our karmas without creating new ones. An activity in which we can spend our time without creating more karma is meditating. 
we sit with a still mind, we are not creating more karma. Sitting in meditation but thinking critical and hurtful thoughts of others is not karmaless meditation. It is sitting and thinking thoughts that create more karma. That is why Simran, or repetition of the five charged words done mentally, is such an important helping factor in preventing karma. If we repeat the five charged words, our mind does not have a chance to create karma by thinking negative thoughts against anyone. It prevents us from planning how to get even or taking revenge on those who hurt us. Simran helps us forget the past hurts or future worries and focus on being in the present moment in which we are meditating to contact the radiant form of the spiritual master within. Once we reach that radiant form, he takes us on the inner journey through the higher spiritual realms until we connect with God, our source, in Sachkhand. Satsang is another arena in which we do not incur karma if we sit with receptivity. Again, we have a choice to make. If we sit with a still mind and imbibe the oral teachings of the saint and the spiritual radiation emanating to us, we will get a spiritual boost. Our mind will be still so that the soul can drink the pure nectar of divine spirituality flowing to us through the help of the spiritual master. However, if we have thoughts, we block that grace. If our thoughts are of good things, we create good karma. If our thoughts are negative, we create bad karma. Even if our thoughts are good, we are creating good karma that has to be rewarded. We still have to calm our mind to progress within and take the spiritual journey back to God. Thank you, Nancy. In our first video excerpt from Karma, Results of the Seed You Plant, Santrajinder Singhji Maharaj shares a story that is an example of accountability. And Michael will give a 3 to 1 counter before starting the video. How does it impact India today? Um, I'd like to talk, talk about uh, karma. Um, what is karma? How does it impact uh, our life? And uh, what can we do to deal with it? You've all uh, heard about karma many times. Uh, all it seems is a foreign word to uh, many, many start to um, think about karma. 
to uh, a later story, uh, which, uh, as you remember the story, uh, would uh, make you understand uh, what uh, karma is and how does it impact uh, our life as we keep on living on. Uh, there was a carpenter who was a very devoted uh, to uh, his boss, to the company that he worked for. And he, all life long, uh, he did a terrific job and he would build uh, homes which were uh, exemplary. Very nice homes, beautiful homes, well built. Because uh, he was very meticulous about uh, how he did his job. And so he had a very good reputation in the company and the owner of the company loved him very much. And so as the carpenter was getting up in the years, he must have talked to his family and he decided that he needs to retire. So he went up to the owner and said, you know, I've uh, worked for you for many years. Um, around that stage of my life when I'd like to retire. And uh, the owner told him, yeah, it's okay, retire, but do one favor for me. I want you to build me one last home before you retire. And the carpenter was um, looking at retirement right away, but he could not refuse his boss because he worked for him for many years. They had a very good relationship. So reluctantly he thought to himself, okay, let me build one more house and uh, you know, maybe it takes a few months and then I retire later on. So he started uh, building this new home. But since his heart was not into it, uh, he did not care as to how the house was built. So he did not take proper care of the foundation. Those of you in the building industry know, if you lay a foundation, you need to cool it well, you need to let it settle so that you don't get cracks uh, in the concrete that you put out wrong. And then, as he's building over it, uh, he got sloppy in his work. He, um, you know, the wood that was being used he found that the superior kind of wood that he would generally buy was not available. It take him about four weeks to get it. So he used the wood which was available, which was not as good. And they start to uh, cut the wood um, to lay the foundation and then to uh, put the wood up for walls. Uh, he wasn't that particular, and so uh, some were longer and some were shorter. And as he was nailing them down, he didn't nail everything that was needed for it to be very, very secure. And those of you who have done some drywall know that if you put the drywall up, it's, it's where one piece gets to the other, then you need to put what they call mud or so that they can clean it up properly. And he was kind of sloppy. You know, the 
pain that it was okay too. So he got the house ready as quickly as he could because he wanted to retire. His boss, or the owner, had so much faith in him that over the years he built exemplary homes that he never came to check the house. Generally, as owner, you come and check what is going on, but he had so much faith in this carpenter because he's done such a super job all his life that the owner never came. So when the house was done, um, the carpenter uh, went with the keys of the house to the owner and said, yeah, I've finished the house, I'd like to retire. So the owner smiled, took the key and gave it back to him and said, this is the house for your retirement. I wanted to give you a house so that when you retire, you work so lovingly and so nicely for me that you can stay there. And all of a sudden, the carpenter started to shake a little bit because he realized that he had built a sloppy house. And this is the one he's going to live in. So the same thing would each and every one of us we are not aware of what reactions or actions would do. If we were to know that each one of our thoughts and each one of our deeds and each one of our words were building a foundation for the future, then we would be careful. We would then try to do our very best. And since we don't realize that we are today putting a foundation down for tomorrow, we just do things sloppily, not putting the efforts that are required by us to lead a future which would be nice. And that's what karma is all about. Karma says, for every thought, word, and deed, we are held accountable. If we have good thoughts, we have good words, we do good deeds, then we will be rewarded. If we have bad thoughts, we have bad words, and we do bad deeds, then we would be punished. So it's a simple law, similar to the third law of physics. It says, for every action, it's a reaction. And so what we do today has a tremendous effect on what's going to happen to us in the future. And what we've done in the past is what we are reaping today. Things that happen in a life which we have no control over, which are difficult for us to understand, are happening because of what we have sowed. Karma is associated in the human existence. And it's not necessary that all the results be dealt with in this very lifetime. So the effects of karma could be many, many lifetimes afterwards. And this is why many times as an individual, it is difficult to know why something's happened. Let's say you're a very healthy person. You take good care of yourself, you eat the right kind of things, you exercise. 
but then a sickness comes in your life. And there's nothing that you've done in this existence for you to think that you will get sick or why this illness comes in and uh, let's say you don't drink and then you have problem with the liver which generally is associated with a drink. drinking habit. Those who do not drink and still have trouble with the liver, and you realize that something else is going It's not that it's the liquor which is destroying the liver. You're meant to go through that difficulty, and, and you're paying off what you have done before. And so, for us to know why something is happening is really, very difficult. The path of Sankhma tells us 75% of our life is preordained. 75% of what happens to us is because of the past, because of what is called pralap karma. It's the portion of the karma from what is called the sanchit karma, which is the of the karma. So every human existence that we have, we have created karma. It gets into storehouse. So that's called Sanchit Karma. The store is all the karma that we've had, which is associated with our soul. A part is taken out of that, called Pralab Karma, which is played out in this lifetime. That's called the Fate Karmas. And then we have Kriyaman Karma. Every day we have thoughts, every day we have words, every day we have deeds. It's a daily karma that we create. So if a mountain were to fall on us, it would feel just like a pinprick, because the helping hand of the master power is with us. The Kriyaman karma is a karma that we create daily. We are told what kind of life to live, and we try to be involved in those activities that do not produce any karma, activities which would be neg karma. These are activities such as meditating properly with no thoughts. When our Simran, or the silent repetition of the five charge names given at the time of initiation, is going well, we are not going to be creating any karma. As we attend satsang, all our attention is on the spiritual master, so we have no thoughts, words and deeds, and are not creating any karma. When we do selfless service with our attention on God, that is a time of nay karma. So, there are activities that will help us not to create more karma. Even good karma is bad for us because we have to come back to reap the reward. So, we want to get to a state of just wiping out all the karma that is associated with us. We do not want any new karma. The less karma we have, the better off we are. The activities that are going to help 
hard to get to our goal. The extended help of the master power comes to us. This master power, the spiritual master, is our companion. We might be physically with the human pole, sorry, we might be physically with the human pole through which that power is working, or we might be thousands of miles away. But once we have been initiated, the master power is always with us. Thank you. Thank you, Suresh. In our second video, Meditation for Peace and Calm, Santrajinder Singh Ji explains the different types of karmas and how to get to a state of neha karma or no karma. And here again uh, is Michael with the countdown. Thank you, Mike. Maharaj wrote a lot about the mystical way. He says in one of his verses, he says, Nafas nafas mujhe lazim hai shukra ka sadda ki mere dos ka aisa hai zindagi meri. He says, with every breath, I am grateful to the Lord. And he's calling God his friend. Because he says, my very existence is because of God's grace. You know, we could have been trapped migrating in any one of those existences. But it was God's grace that gave us this human birth in which we have all the faculties that are required by us to know God. Now, God has given us the, those faculties. It is for us to make use of them. It is for us to put that into practice. It is for us to know what is right and wrong, what is truth and untruth. And, and when we use those faculties, then we will find that happiness and joy is a part of our day-to-day -day existence. You know, those who are anchored into God, nothing can take them away from that anchor. Because it's, it's what like, strengthens us. And, and otherwise, you know, a little difficulty in life can shatter us very quickly. If we have a financial difficulty, we feel things will never get better. If we have a physical ailment, we feel, oh, this is the worst thing that could happen. I don't know why it happened to me. If, if we have a relationship problem, we feel, oh, our, our world is shattered. Little do we realize that there's some karmic give and take that is happening in each and every one of our lives. Karma is, is very, very simple. The theory of karma tells us that for every thought, word, and deed, we are held accountable. Every thought, every word, and every deed, which is good that comes out of us, we will be rewarded for it. And every thought, every word, and every deed, uh, which brings pain in the life of someone else, we are going to have to pay for it. So it's like the third law of physics, it says for every action, there's a reaction. Now we look at our life, you know, we all have thoughts. All day long, you know, when we're not doing anything, thoughts come to us. We all speak with our family members, with people that we live with, with people at work. 
karma and we all do actions, you know. And so all of them create karma. And what is very interesting is that it is very easy to understand that bad thoughts, words and deeds are definitely bad for us because we are going to be punished for them. But why are good thoughts, words and deeds not that good for us? In Lord Krishna explained this most beautifully, I think. He said that bad thought, bad words, bad deeds, bad karma is like iron chains. You know, if you were taken as a prisoner, if you do something wrong, if you were a thief or something, they would take chains to you. Chains on your feet, chains on your arms, and tell you. So he said, those are like iron chains because, you know, you've done something wrong, you've been punished. But he said, good thought, good words, and good deeds are also chains. Those are golden chains. Because to reap the rewards of those activities, we have to come back again and again so we can reap the rewards. And we want to be off the wheel of transmigration. We want to meet the Maker. We want to be one with God. So we need to get to a state where all of our karma is wiped out. If we have even a single mode of karma, whether it's good or bad, then we come back to either reap the rewards or to be punished for whatever wrong we did. And so the key is to get to a state of ne karma, which is no karma. So how does that work? In the Sattva tradition, we are told that the three kinds of karma that we have can all be taken care of. The first kind of karma is called Sanchit karma. There's the storehouse of karmas. Those are the karmas which have been accumulated every time we've been in the human existence. So the belief uh, in the Sanma tradition is that all other living forms are just to carry out of the karma. And it's in this lifetime in the human body that we create karma. So every time we've been in a human existence, we create karma and it goes into a sorrows and that increases and increases and increases. So out of that, a part is taken which is called prarat karma. Some people call it prarat, some call it pralap. That is like the fate karma. Like many times you see a young person, he's doing very well, they're good, they're radical and also have an accident pass away. And you think, how can God let this happen? Things that you don't expect happen because that's their karma. They have to go through that. And the reaper was to be punished for something that they did. And maybe either in this lifetime before or in a previous lifetime. And so that pralap karma is, is something that keeps on playing in our life. And then we have what is called Kriyaman Karma. Every day we have thoughts, every day we have words, every day we have deeds, every day we are creating new karma, which then gets added to the Sanjit Karma. So, how are we to get to a state of no karma? You know, this path believes 75% of our life is preordained, that's based on the Pralap Karma. And 25% of our life is, is what we have in our own to live. 25% of the actions are under our control, 75% are pre-ordered. And so, as we live our life, that's the kind of reaction that we're going to have. And so, in the Sanma tradition, at the time of a holy initiation, 
the biggest load which is the sanctit karma is burned off by the master power which is initiating us so the biggest load of karma is gone at the time of all initiation the pralab karma is not touched so the pralab karma is not touched but help is provided to us so that we can pass through the difficulties of our life easily and then we've been asked the kriyaman karma that we every day that we have thought was on this that we be able to take care of it on a daily basis by focusing more and more on those activities which are called activities of nay karma nay karma means no karma is created by those activities so what are those activities the first one is meditation when you meditate if you meditating properly you should have no thoughts You have to do simran, which is repeating God's name, so that no thoughts come to you. You have no words, you have no deeds. So that's the time of nay karma. No karma is created that time that you meditate properly. Also, when you go to satsang, satsang means a gathering. Uh, sat means the truth, and sang means to be with. So satsang means to be with truth. So when we are in a gathering with the master, then. at that time our total attention should be in the master so at that time we should have no thoughts no words and no deeds then only we truly benefit that's the time of nekama there's an interesting story about two kids they were playing outside and i was time for the satsang so one kid said oh i have to go to satsang my parents are gonna be divested if i don't show up and the other one said no let's play when we play they'll be okay they'll be in satsang they'll be happy So the kid said, "No, no, no! I have to go." So this kid goes and he goes to satsang, and the other kid is playing there. So while this kid is sitting in satsang, he's thinking about his friend. Oh, he must be playing this. He must be playing this. And his friend who's in the playing is thinking about his friend. Oh, in satsang, I wonder what story is being told today. What nice things have been told, and all that. So who do you think got benefited? Not the guy who's sitting there and thinking about things on the outside. So when we are in satsang, our attention should be totally there. So we have no thoughts, no words, no deeds, and then we are in state of nekama. Also, the saints have said that when we help someone selflessly, when we do selfless service, that when we do it in the name of God, that means when we are helping someone with no expectation of any returns for ourselves, that's also. Gives us the same benefit as that of meditation. That becomes a time of nirgama too. So we are asked to be in those states more and more and more. And also, Hazrat Baba Sahib Singh Maharaj said that as we sit to meditate, then when we give time to our meditations, we are burning off the kriyaman karma that we created on that same day. So Sankirpal Singh Maharaj recommended that we take 10% of the daily time, which is close to about two and a half hours. It seems like a lot of time in the beginning. He says, if you were to give 10% of your daily time to your spiritual practices, then all of your kriyaman karma for that way would be wiped out. So as an initiate, when we get up in the morning and we spend time in our meditative practices. Then, for the kriyaman karma that we are creating on that day, it's gone. The pralab karma is going to play out during the day, and help will come to us. The sanchit karma is already wiped out. So, as we get to 
end of our life, then all of our karma has been wiped out. And at the tail end, we are asked to do Simran, which is to focus our attention on God. So that no thought comes to us, because even a single thought can make us come back again in another existence to play that thought out. So all of our senses come as wiped out at the time of a holy initiation. Our pralap come as getting wiped out on a daily basis. Our kriyaman karma as we meditated wiped out on a daily basis. So at the end of our existence, we get to that state where all of our karma is wiped out and it is then that we get off the wheel of transmigration. So our soul doesn't go in the hands of the angel of death. The angel of death in the East is called Dharamrai. Dharamrai is accounting for all our good deeds and bad deeds. But instead of our soul being in that state where based on our good and bad deeds, they're going to decide what else happens to us, our soul then is in the hands of the master power. And, and the master power then takes us out of the shackles of the angel of death and, and makes us be embedded in the Lord for all times to come so we are off the wheel of transmigration. And that is what this path of Sant is all about. It is to get off the wheel of transmigration, to experience the Lord, is to be one with God, is to be in the state of happiness and joy, because once we are one with God, God the Creator, the source of all happiness, joy and peace and love and fulfillment, and that's the state we want to attain, and that's what we get. And so this is uh, why uh, one gets initiated into the mysteries of the beyond. Thank you, Master. In our final reading, Santrajinder Singh Ji Maharaj discusses how to develop new habits so that we can find the oneness of our soul with God. And Mary will do this reading. Thank you, Radhika. The way off the wheel of transmigration, Santrajinder Singh Ji Maharaj. The physical world is a panorama of change. Our soul has been lost in this kaleidoscope of multiple changes. It transmigrates into one form after another. No matter how many forms it takes in the world, we are still prisoners. It is only through the grace of the master power that we are given the key to freedom. We can then rise above these captive forms and reach our true state of soul, a part of the formless creator, and enjoy infinite bliss and freedom. Through the help of the spiritual master, we wind up our karmas in this lifetime. The spiritual master gives us a boon by taking over the accounts of all the karmas we created from our past lives so that we only have to pay off the karmas left for this life. If we continue to follow the pattern of meditating for at least two and a half hours daily, doing Simran and gazing within, we will have the perfect key to permanently escape this prison house of the world for good. We will not have to return to this wheel of transmigration again, and when this life ends, we can return to the spiritual realm of God. Along with this, the spiritual masters teach us how to leave our, lead our lives so we do not incur new karma. If we are winding up our old karmas but adding new daily karmas, 
we make our own journey more difficult. The spiritual masters teach us how to lead an ethical life so we do not incur new karmas. For this, they help us train our mind to develop new habits that do not add to our karmic load. All of us are trying to establish new habits when we begin our journey on the spiritual path. We have many new habits to form. We have to take time that we had spent over many years in a variety of pastimes and instead engage in two and a half hours of meditation daily. We have to form the habit of stilling our body and stilling our mind. We have to learn to sit without thoughts that would distract us from keeping our gaze directed into the middle of what appears in front of us when we meditate. We have to develop habits of being of service to others. Instead of the habit of thinking only of ourselves, we have to develop the habit of putting others first. We need to think about spending time in selfless service. If we are in the habit of doing things for which we receive a reward, whether monetary or other material benefits, we now have to train our mind to do service without wanting any worldly reward for ourselves other than the joy of serving and earning the pleasure of the Lord. We have to develop the habit of being nonviolent. When we are in a situation in which things are not going our way, our habit is to become angry and say harsh words. Some may even be in the habit of engaging in violence in thought, words, and deeds to express our unhappiness with someone or something. Think of the tremendous effort it takes to change that habit and engage in nonviolent ways to solve problems. Some are in the habit of speaking untruths. We may be used to lying and deceiving others or being hypocritical. After years of dealing with others in a spirit of untruth, we need to develop the habit of being truthful. If we have been in the habit of being egotistical and thinking too much of ourselves, we need to develop the habit of being humble. Even the habit of keeping an introspective, excuse me, introspection diary in which we observe our habits is a new habit to form. The spiritual masters know how difficult it is to form new habits. They want us to reunite our soul with God and know that we need to meditate, do selfless service, and develop ethical qualities to attain this goal. They also know that we do not have many years left to reach this goal. To help us reunite with God in this lifetime, they give us a method to help us develop new habits. What is this method? They give us the gift of Simran, or repetition of the five charged words. Repetition of these words can help us accomplish the forming of new habits needed to return to God. Simran helps us in meditation because it allows the old habits of thinking of the world to subside and the new habits of thinking of God 
to be formed. Someone helps still our mind. Every day that our mind is still, a new habit is formed. Someone can also be repeated throughout the day when we are not meditating. When we are doing service which involves our hands and our body, our mind can be engaged in repeating the five charged words. How does that help us? When we engage in Simran while doing service, we are not thinking of ourselves and the benefits we are receiving. We are engaged in repeating these charged words so that our mind is not going to fall into old habits of thinking of gains for ourselves. Simran can also be repeated during our workday, while driving to work, taking a bus or train, while cooking food for our family, or doing tasks that do not involve the mind. When we keep our mind engaged in repeating the five charged words, we are not in the habit of engaging in the failures that we have been used to, such as violence, falsehood, impurity, selfishness, and hatred. Instead, we develop new habits of nonviolence, truthfulness, purity, humility, and love for all. Let us try to form new habits. Let us not be stuck in the old ways of thinking. If day by day we engage in meditation and doing Simran, the mind will slowly drop off one bad habit after another until a day will come when we are steeped in new habits that will take us back to God. Let us take our meditations seriously. It is not merely an activity to which we commit every day. It is our pattern to find the key to escape the prison. If we follow the design of meditation, we can be free and off the wheel of transmigration. Then our soul can return to an eternal life of bliss, love, joy, and ecstasy, free from all pain, free of all illness, free of all sorrow, and free of death. We will live in the realm of a permanent bliss and love in the lap of God, free at last. Meditation is the key, and we should not squander it, but put that tool to use so we can find eternal happiness and the wondrous love of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. So let us spend a few minutes in meditation. These are the instructions as given by Santrajinda Singhji Maharaj. Meditation is a process whereby we withdraw our attention from the outer world and concentrate it at the seat of the soul. Through this method of concentration, we can transcend physical consciousness, experience ourselves as soul, and explore higher spiritual regions. To practice meditation, we sit in any pose that we find most comfortable, in which we can sit for a long time without moving. We should sit with enough distance between us so that no part of our body touches anyone as this would disturb our concentration. We should close our eyes gently and look straight ahead 
focusing our attention into the middle of the darkness lying in front of us. That which sees the darkness is not our physical eyes, but is the third or single eye located between and behind the eyebrows. Continue to gaze into the middle of whatever lies in front of you. Those of you who are initiated should mentally repeat the five charge names given to you at the time of initiation. Repeat those names slowly with the tongue of thought. For those of you who are new here, please repeat any name of God with which you feel comfortable. Mentally repeat the name slowly while gazing in front of you. This repetition will keep the mind occupied and prevent it from wandering. When light or inner vistas appear, continue focusing your attention into the middle of what you see and continue repeating the names of God. We hope you enjoy this meditation sitting. It will be for 10 minutes. is love, unity and peace. The topic of next week's satsang is what is initiation into light and sound and its benefits. So let us close with these words from Sant Kripal Singh Ji Maharaj where he talks about upon rising above body consciousness through meditation on the divine light and sound. Hereafter, the liberated souls, freed from all the shackles of mind and matter, enjoy perpetual bliss in the life of the spirit, with an outlook on life entirely changed. The vast creation now looks as the veritable abode of God, and one sees God truly dwelling in it, nay, in every constituent part of it. For all created things, appear like so many bubbles in one vast ocean of life. And this is a quote from The Mystery of Death, The Spiritual Path, Anthology of the Writings of Kripal Singh. So thank you all once again and thank you Master for bringing us all together. Happy meditation and have a wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you.